Welcome to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Knowledge, experiences, and actionable takeaways from those who are killing it with short-term rentals. Here's your host, Jeremy Warden. We are live with the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast from Positano, Italy. Today, I have a very special episode for you guys. It is going to be a solo pod about how to manage short-term rental properties entirely remotely from this handy-dandy device over here in my hand called the telephone or to not even need your phone or to be connected at all with the internet, with your guests, with your cleaners directly. So first thing I want to do is I want to take a step back and I want to reflect on the first rental I ever had. This was several years ago. This was at a lake, my first you know, first listing at a rural property on a lake in North Carolina, where super excited when the guest booked, literally drove to the lake with the set of keys for that property and handed the keys to the guest. Walked around the house, showed the guest you know, how to do all these different things, kind of gave them the lay of the land, and then left. So spent an hour driving, two hours there, and then an hour driving back. So, you know, that was several years ago. And to think about how far things have came and even the, you know, kind of my own, I didn't think this was possible. Like, I didn't think that this week, this is the week of September, September 10th. And well, the the day today is September 15th. This week was a very busy week. We had almost every property booked almost the entirety of the week, had uh, about 20 or so, 20 plus check-ins, check-outs, had hundreds of messages, had, you know, multiple maintenance requests, and still, you know, really haven't had to put any time really into it. Uh, I've been on a boat, been on a boat multiple days this week. I've been on, I don't know, Kate, how many hikes or runs we've been on together. I have had countless dinners every night, and it's been really, really refreshing uh, just to know that while I'm doing all these things, the business is still operating. We're still, for the most part, getting five-star reviews on every guest day. The, you know, payouts are hitting our bank account. So that's, that, and that's, you know, why short-term rentals in real estate is awesome, is because you can be across the world, and the business is still operating itself. These assets are able to, in many cases, if you do it right, run themselves, put cash in your pocket with or without you physically being there or being that attentive. So again, that first guest literally handed them the keys. Uh, How did I get to where I am today? Have 25 listings, pulling over a million bucks a year, probably thousands of guests a year. How, How did we automate that? Or, and I want to say automate for the most part. I, I want to be very clear that I feel as if my business is like 99% automated, but I still like to kind of just be a t- in tune to things and just make sure our quality stays super high because no one's going to care as much about, you know, your quality and the guest experience as you are as the owner of the business. So I still like to check in every day and just make sure that things are going well. And if there's any issues or any, any inefficiencies, how do we deal with it? How do we make things smoother? So had that first guest, that first booking, super excited, 
started growing the portfolio, you know, kept, uh, kept adding, you know, arbitrage, co-hosting, purchased properties, adding, adding, adding. And then, you know, I didn't have any help really it was myself. And, and first thing I did was obviously hired cleaners. So first cleaner I, I had at my first property was not great. It was not a good cleaner. She wouldn't do all the little extra things. So like, let's say, you know, there was something that was outside of what she deemed to be like her responsibility. She wouldn't do it. You know, if there was dog poop in the lawn, she wouldn't pick the dog poop up. So we kept getting bad cleaning reviews. And usually it was just little things that would have taken her a minute to do that she didn't do. So what did we do? We got new cleaners. We found new ones that seemed to be more passionate, care more about making, you know, the guest experience and all the little things that needed to be done. So that's the first thing. Your cleaner is the most important. That's how you automate 75, 80% of the business is you just have a good cleaner who, when she's cleaning, she looks around, she checks out, you know, she uses her eyes and makes sure that not only is the place clean, the beds are made, but if there's any issues, let's say, you know, a deck board is rotten or broken, she tells you. The best cleaners are the ones that have, you know, the ability or, or a handyman, maybe it might be a husband, wife, the, the husband is able to fix things, or maybe they have a colleague, a friend who can just come over and take care of little things. But at the bare minimum, they need to tell you when there's a problem with the place. So that's the first thing, a cleaner who not only cleans, but tells you what's wrong. Best ones are the ones who can take care of the things that are wrong, but Nevertheless, bare minimum, at least tell you. So that's the first step. Got better cleaners and then realized the importance of having good cleaners. So now at this point, I'm in uh, probably about, I think I have like six different sets of cleaners. So not only that, you know, got rid of that first one, got a new one, but I have six sets of cleaners across different locations. And I've probably been through about 14 or so cleaners. So it's really important that you find a good cleaner who cares and is someone who you say, hey, look, I want to scale my business here. I want to have more properties and I want you to be my partner. But you, in order for that to happen, you need to help me. Help me help you. So cleaners, having that synergistic relationship, super key. What you can definitely do with the cleaners is provide them checklists. You know, everything they need to do, everything they need to look at send you pictures, give them a list of everything they need to pick, take a picture of after each clean. So, you know, you can use your own eyes to tell that the place, and also if a guest complains, you have pictures to reference. So that's what the first thing I did was make sure I had good cleaners as I was scaling the portfolio. Once, but at this time I was still, and I'm gonna go back, this is still 2020, 2021. I was still doing all the guest communication myself. I was sending every message to every guest. I didn't even at that time, I don't even think I had property management software. So I literally, like I had notes where I would copy and paste, like, you know, the messages, the common FAQ messages I had. And I would literally, you know, be there, respond on my phone. And I was, you know, I was always on edge. I was always glued, glued to my phone because I wanted to give, you know, that under hour response time that Airbnb has a, as a super key metric. So was doing all that myself, probably up to, I would say I was probably up to like five, six properties when I then 
enlisted a property management system, a software that could help help with the messaging. So if someone reached out, I would automatically send them a message back saying, hey, thanks for reaching out. Please share some more information about your group. What are your ages? How many of you? What brings you to the area? And then, you know, checkout messages, trash messages, you know, hey, just checking in to make sure everything's okay. Is there anything we can be helpful with? Just automates kind of the cadence of messages. And that I think took at that point, maybe I'd say about half the messaging burden off myself, but by no means can a property management system take away 100% of that messaging burden. So five properties, myself and the PMS. Then I got to probably about 10, 10 properties towards like middle of 2021. And that is when I hired my first virtual assistant. What is a virtual assistant? Well, just like you and me, a virtual assistant is a human being. Oftentimes what makes them virtual is, you know, they're probably in another country and you're probably going to interact with them over, over your phone. Uh, maybe you'll go visit them one day, maybe they'll visit you, but that's what a virtual assistant. Oftentimes they're in countries like the Philippines, Pakistan, India. First virtual assistants I hired were from the Philippines. Previously, in like previous jobs, I had worked with Indian developers. So to me, the con I know the concept of working with someone abroad was not a new concept. You know, that was something I had been doing in previous jobs, but this was the first time I had done it on an Airbnb or short-term rental management responsibility. So virtual assistant got them. And at that time, I didn't really know how to train them. And this is something I've learned and the processes needed to really optimize them. But the first virtual assistant I had, it was really her job, added them as a co-host on every property and really just wanted them to respond to frequently asked questions. You know, things add a little human touch. Thing when you're trying to auto, I see people over automate with the property management systems where, you know, you can make it so someone says a certain word in their question it automatically responds. Someone says airport, you know, it'll tell them how far away the airport is automatically. But really like you don't get that human touch. And also oftentimes you kind of respond wrong when you when you try to kind of over automate with the PMS. So you need a human to actually, you know, show empathy, show that you're actually listening to what they're saying. So first VA was purely just messaging. The second step was getting them to coordinate with our cleaners. So, you know, we have our cleaners integrated with our property management system, meaning, you know, they're plugged in. They, you know, they can see the calendar, they can see the schedule, but sometimes there's last minute bookings. You know, oftentimes, you know, today's Saturday, we might have a property open today. It gets booked at 2 p.m., check-ins 4 p.m. You know, cleaners aren't necessarily gonna check the schedule that often. They might be cleaning somewhere. So what you need is you need a VA who can just call the cleaners, ping them, send them a message. And that was really the first step. So first was messaging, second was connecting with the cleaners so they could communicate with each other. Third step is getting them to communicate with your maintenance vendors and to do supply ordering. So, you know, things break. For instance, yesterday, a guest had pulled down one of the curtains in one of the bedrooms or one of the houses, and we need that curtain back up. You don't want a guest arriving and seeing a curtain falling on the ground. 
our cleaners probably don't have the tools, the drills needed to like drill back in drywall anchors and put up curtains. So we need to get one of our handyman uh, vendors out there. So have our virtual assistants, got them a phone, a phone number with the uh, open phone so they can call our handyman, call our maintenance and vendors and just say, hey, we need you over there. This is what you need to do. Here's a picture of it from our cleaners. Can you do it? If they can't, who's our backup handyman? Who's our backup maintenance vendor? So that's just an example from yesterday. But what you need, that's what I call maintenance requests. You need your virtual team to be able to handle maintenance requests. When things go wrong, you need a process in order to make sure things go right. So you need close communication with your cleaners, with your virtual team, with your maintenance vendors. If you've done all that, I know, I think we've only been in 13, 40, 13 minutes, 45 seconds here. And that's really going to automate about 90% of your business. However, you know, that extra 10, that's things like bookkeeping. You know, your virtual assistants, a lot of times you can get one who might have a background in accounting or bookkeeping and they can do guest communication and they can also do bookkeeping. Uh, one of the things I actually touched on earlier that I'm, I'm going in on is uh, order supplies. You can have your virtual assistants. Let's say the cleaner says, hey, we're out of dish soap and toilet paper. You have, I mean, for me, I have one of my virtual assistants plugged into my Amazon business account. They order, they know to order supplies directly to the cleaner's house so they can bring them during their next flips. We usually have backups of supplies in the owner's closets. And that's a key here. Always have supplies, backup supplies. Always have an owner's closet. Or you know, if you're doing apartments, have a storage space or something where your cleaners on short notice can go in and they can get the extras. But then you want to be able to have your virtual assistants order supplies either to the house or to the cleaners. So that's what we have. Uh, also, one of my bigger locations, my cleaners literally have a credit card. I give them one because it's harder to get Amazon and Walmart do deliver, but it takes four or five days. Whereas in most places, you know, Amazon Prime might take one day for the essentials. So my cleaners have a credit card and they just at the end of the month, they tell me what they what they spent it on. And then they send me pictures of the receipts. So supply ordering supplies is something that you don't need to do that your virtual team can do. I used to have automatic orders set up where every month supplies, the same supplies would be sent to the property. What I have found though, is oftentimes, you know, we would get too much supplies and our owner's closet would just get completely overfilled. And you spend more money that way versus complete lean efficiency, ordering as needed, ordering as needed to the properties. So supply ordering, that's taken care of. Guest commu communication, that's taken care of. Even till relatively recently, guests have been calling me because I personally felt that, you know, again, for me, my, you know, I, I do have 25 listings now, but I like to have extremely high quality. And again, I always felt that if I gave too much of the realms up, like gave too much responsibilities and that guest communication, that my reviews would go down. You know, I'd go from 4.88 to 4.6, but I've actually went up. In the last year, I think I'm like 4.92 or something since I've really kind of handed, handed the keys over. 
And one of those aspects is the phone number. So we have a message that gets sent to every guest. If you have any issues that can't be resolved via message in this chat, call this number. And that number is not my phone number. That is an open phone number for my team. So phone calls, you know, that's something that your virtual team can do too. Uh, so again, so I think that right there, what I've just told you constitutes, so we got bookkeeping, we got ordering supplies, dealing with cleaning, dealing with maintenance. Uh, we've got, you know, calendars. Really the things left are, I would say, pricing. I still do the pricing. To me, that's like the most important thing. I can spend an hour a week doing pricing and I'm going to be better than anybody else at it. And a lot of it is like, you know, pricing is not a perfect science. You know, you have different properties and different, like a lot of people do price labs, set it, forget it. You know, they use a dynamic pricing software. To me, I use dynamic pricing software such as price labs, but I also go in and I set a lot of customizations. And, you know, sometimes the customizations I set might not, might not be working as I like. So then I, I change them. I test them. So to me, pricing is an art and a science. And because of that, I can't really explain to someone how to do it. If you can't explain how to do something, then a virtual assistant won't be able to do it as well as you. And I'm constantly changing my pricing, testing, doing new things. And that's something I like to be at the forefront and something, one of the reasons why, you know, our properties are, I think are always, you know, 90th percentile earners is because I'm so, I'm, I'm so on it for all of our properties in terms of pricing. So, and that's also one of the things you can automate at the bare minimum, use a dynamic pricing software. Most markets, you're going to have enough data where they're going to be good. In some rural markets, they're not, they're just going to suck because there's just not a lot of data for the pricing software to use. But using the pricing software, again, that by itself, you know, gets you to that 80th percentile of pricing automation. And then that last 20% is manual configurations. You know, you see, hey, my next three weeks are open. Why is that? You know, look at the competitors. Oh, crap. They're pricing a lot lower than we are. We've got to drop below them. Uh, kind of what I call like the manual touches. So now we've got pricing, we've got guest communication, we've got maintenance issues, we've got bookkeeping, we've got ordering supplies. That right there, I'd say, gets you to about 95% of Airbnb automation. So what is that last 5%? Well, I would say it's growing your portfolio. You know, if you want to keep your portfolio the same, yeah, you can probably automate most things. But if you're like me, you want to grow. So what are things that you should be doing? Well, one, coming up with a strategy for your next, next investment. What is it going to be? If you're doing arbitrage, you know, reach outs. You can't have your virtual assistants do reach outs. So you definitely can. You definitely should. I have mine, uh, one of my VAs, what they'll do is they'll literally send messages to every property in different markets that match our high level criteria. They'll just send a message and they'll start sending emails back and forth. However, the sales calls or the phone calls, whether it be a co-host you know, owner, whether it be a building, the actual calls and the sales and the pitching of yourself, that is something I like to do. I think that is one of the highest and best uses of my time. 
Thus, it is something I do. Analyzing new properties to buy. We have our VAs scraping, you know, a bunch of different listings, trying to find unique properties in different places. And when they find them, they send them to us. But as for, you know, the intangibles, the floor plan, the kind of the, the look and the feel, that is something I think is a high, a high use of my own time. So if we have a property under contract, I'm going to go look at it. I'm going to go check it out. Obviously, someone across the ocean in the Philippines, granted, technically, I'm across the ocean right now. It's going to be hard for them to fly over to look at a property. So there are things that you should be doing, but you need to be thinking about what is the highest and best use of your time. Again, if your goal is to, you know, grow the business to a certain place and then F off, you know, be in Positano, Italy, we're going to Paris, France next or where are we going? Sunday, Sunday to Paris. Then I'm going to be speaking at a conference in San Diego. Sure. You know, you can get it where maybe all you have to do is just check in and make sure things are good and then deal with emergencies. What might emergencies be? Emergencies, you know, they do happen. You have 25 listings. Things, random things are going to happen. And they are things that you should definitely be available for. For example, had a one of my furniture assemblers dropped off all the cardboard with my address on it at a grocery store in their trash banister. And the grocery store called the cops because it was a ton of cardboard and they just took a U-Haul over and dropped it. Cops, cops showed up at the door. You know, my VAs noticed on the ring camera that a cop showed up. I got in touch with the police and just made sure, hey guys, like just want to make sure everything's okay. At the time, I didn't even know that the trash had been dropped off at the grocery store. I just saw police had showed up. So I dealt with it. You know, I called in. I was like, hey, I just want to make sure everything's okay. They told me the situation. We got it dealt with. That's just a, a recent example of a quote-unquote emergency. But, you know, emergencies can happen all the time. You know, if you have, a, say, you have a, a really high-end water heater that's broken and you got to find, you know, someone who has a very specific part for that water heater, you know, you might have to call, learn about the water heaters, learn about, you know, who the suppliers are, make a couple phone calls, get things taken care of. You can't have local crews that are able to do that. I do a lot of times have folk who deal with, you know, again, even the more complicated maintenance requests. But sometimes, like our air conditioning in Florida just is having super complicated issues. Like, it's not just like, oh, we send an AC guy there and he fixes it. It's, hey, it needs some part to regulate some other part. And actually, my business partner in this case took that, took that lead. But there's instances where it's just kind of complicated and you got to use some brain power to, to figure it out. Right now, actually in Florida, we're dealing with kind of like a permitting paver tiki hut situation. And, you know, I'm, I'm drawing up, I'm drawing up the, the specs of like what we want done. But that's something I also like to do. I like to do landscape design. I like to renovate houses. So that's something you need to be thoughtful of is kind of what is the highest and best use of your time. And how do you optimize for doing that? If the highest and best use of your time is being on the beach in Italy, all right, get your business to the point you want it to be. Get your 
get it. So, you know, maybe just check your phone once a day, make sure things are okay, and then enjoy yourself. And that's totally cool. But if you're like me, you know, you want to grow. You know, I'm not trying to add a thousand properties tomorrow, but I want to grow over time and just keep moving in the direction that I that I want to go. You got to figure out what do you like doing and how do you, you know, automate the things that A, you don't like doing, but B, aren't actually helping you grow your business. I like talking to investors. I think it's a good use of my time. I like analyzing properties. I like working with my mentees and helping them, helping them, you know, do the same things, helping them automate their businesses, helping them figure out what's a winner investment, helping them use our resources to design the properties. Speaking of design, that's something that's super important and you can automate as well. There's various degrees of automating design. There's using design toolkits. For example, we have design toolkits that we've made over the past and our mentees use them. Or, you know, it could be having a designer. We have designers we work with who will do it for you. They'll figure out what to order. And then you can just have a furniture assembler. You know, you have your designers designing and ordering the furniture. You have your furniture assembler putting together the furniture. Bang. You've just pretty much, you know, 95% of home setup has just been automated. So I think, I, I hope you guys found that valuable. Before, before I leave you guys today, I want to just recap. We just went from where I started. So first property, first rental ever literally handing over the keys. The guy's name was Aussie Dave. He was a professional motorcycle driver, which is pretty cool. Great guy. And that honestly made me like, you know, I think a lot of people are like, who's going to stay in my properties? Like, I'm scared they're going to be terrible people and they're going to trash my property. For me, like having this really cool motorcycle, professional motorcycle driver, be my first guest. He actually had his sponsor drive him on his prior fly him on his private jet to the area so just seeing that was like i was like damn this i'm actually might be interfacing with some pretty cool people <laughs> by doing this line of work and i totally have i've i've hosted executives at fortune 500 companies i've just hosted cool people nice people you know some people who see an issue and they fix it themselves they say hey heads up there was an issue here but i'm just gonna let you know i had tools or, uh, hey, do you have a screwdriver? I'm going to fix this. Like, you deal with good people, which is really beautiful to see. But again, went from that first guest, spending just even, just not even the messaging, just the actually driving and and handing aspect, handing keys aspect, four or five hours, to had 20 plus rentals this week, had a probably a 40. Again, this was a good week because there were some compression events, meaning some high demand things in our markets. The reason they're high demand is because there might be a music festival, which we had one of those this week. So probably had about a $50,000 revenue week with like pretty good margins. So, you know, my take home, you know, probably about 40-ish percent margins this week, uh, which paid for this super expensive uh, vacation, fortunately. So busy week, but... I've been here, I've been present, I've been going out on the boat, I've been running every day, I've been hiking, going to meals, enjoying myself, and, you know, just checking in on my phone, computer, something that I like to do. Again, guys, it's like, I think it's about finding out what you like to do is what's important. Like, don't just automate your business. 
so you can like sleep all day. You know, that's, that's not the point of it. You want to automate your business so you can do things that are going to lead to personal growth. Our software company, we have some really BNB Calc. We have some really exciting things coming up. We've been, I've been talking to our Asian business partners who are in, in Asia. And I've actually been closer in time zone to them, which has been helpful. So communication has been easier. But we have some really exciting new product launch or feature features that are about to come out. We're about to have more data providers that we work with to help our users have more value, have a more valuable tool. That's something I like doing. You know, that's a tool that I've enjoyed building and it's awesome seeing people use it. And, you know, also have been texting, you know, I'm lying on the beach, but it, you know, a mentee reaches out and has some something exciting to talk about. Like, you know, we'll 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 chat. So it's about doing what you like to do with your time. And that's like before you do any of this, that's an exercise you should do for yourself. If you currently have an Airbnb business and you know, you might feel that it's a stressor on you. There's ways to to negate that. Build out, build out your systems and operations, get them in a place you need them to be. And then that'll free up what you actually want to do. So I, I feel like I was at a point where my Airbnbs were like bogging me down. Probably 2021, when I had about 10, I was like, I can't just keep growing if this is what's gonna the result is gonna be like more stress. But now I'm at a point where it's like, I just want to grow and get new awesome properties because I don't feel that same, that same weight on my shoulders or that same stress that adding new properties is going to like make my life worse. So I hope that was helpful. We walked through going from nilch to, you know, seven figure year, 25 listing portfolio, 97% automated Airbnb business. If you guys have any questions or if there's any specific topics you want me to dive into deeper, I'm always happy to do so. And again, always appreciate you guys tuning in. This is the Short-Term Rental Pro Podcast. Stay tuned for next time. Thanks for listening to the Short-Term Rental Pros Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, leave us a five-star rating, like, comment, and share this with someone you know that wants to invest in short-term rentals.